0: Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Companies and Market Show. I am John Heumann, editor of the IC, joined today by Algie Hall. How are you doing, Algie? Hi, very good. Thanks, John. Excellent. And Alex Janyu. How are you doing, Alex? Very well, thank you, John. Excellent. And Alex, you've, you've uh, written the cover feature this week. I know you put a huge amount of work into it, so we're going to talk about that. It's essentially the uh, Boeing-Airbus rivalry and, and some of the problems they've been facing. But it, it kind of encompasses a lovely broad theme around travel, which we're also going to talk about because we've had an update this week from Thomas Cook on their refinancing. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. A groan of uh, of disgust there. It's it's not a pretty place to be. And we had an update from uh, from W.H. Uh, Smith, which is doing uh, great business in the travel uh, industry, yeah. Converse, conversely to uh, Thomas Cook. Before we do that, let's head back to last week's podcast and something Phil and I were talking about, which was Green King. And one of the things we said last week was that the thing that investors should be doing now is looking for other Green King-like companies that might get taken out. And we didn't have to wait very long.
1: Well, yes. If, if, if you're if you're prepared to see um, kind of intellectual property is it analogous with um, bricks and mortar,
0: I think. I thought you were going to say uh, analogous with beer? <laughs> Intellectual property in beer.
1: I don't. I don't think the Green King takeover is so much about the beer. Is it? No, it's, bad, it's, it's bad the, the property. Yeah, but um, yeah, this is um, Entertainment One. you were talking about a-
0: absolutely. I, I guess well, you know. I guess the, uh, the the real analogy is basically unloved UK assets that people have perhaps you know overlooked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Entertainment One. We've had our eye on for quite some time. Uh, yep. as a potential takeover target. So it is slightly different, you know, it's not... Yeah, it's but not I mean, Apple's Sterling, Apple's
1: Sterling one would presume is playing a part in um, it being a good time for Hasbro, who is uh, the suitor to to put in that bid because obviously the shares are uh, Sterling denominated. But although lots of Peppa Pig, which is the kind of jewel in the crown for entertainment one, lots of Peppa Pig's um, fans are... In overseas markets,
0: yeah, is it all, is it just Peppa Pig? I, I well, mean, I know you want to do some other stuff. Huge, Pe-
1: huge content la- library, and they've, they, I mean, they've got they've got another kids brand called PJ Masks.
0: Never heard of it. Well, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. If you children,
1: well, one child of, 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 of my three year old age, uh, you'd know all about PJ Masks.
0: Yeah, my kids are a little bit older um, than that. Yeah, and I do <laughs> know all about Peppa Pig. and uh, Seen all the programs, got all the toys. Yeah,
1: yeah, and um, no, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a company which. Um, I mean you know this, in in terms of its balance sheet, some people um you know are are have been put off in the past but so maybe there's something um similar to green king there it it owns a lot of content which obviously is kind of more valuable in in the days of um streaming in these um big platforms uh, kind of video and demand platforms going mm. up against each other but it's Hasbro a toy company that's come along and um you know put in an offer we'll see and we'll see maybe you know maybe. maybe the content's so valuable that we'll um, get some more offers coming in. Yeah, I mean, I just, the, just the looking back... We're above the offer price.
0: Uh, indeed, indeed. We suggest that there could be other people coming in for this, and it could be one of the, the streaming yeah. platforms, whether that be a Disney or, or a Netflix or someone like that. Yeah,
1: and especially when now Disney's launched their channel. I mean, I, Is I, it
0: live? I haven't I haven't seen it yet.
1: Well, it's, I, it's, I, haven't, I, haven't, it's, I haven't
0: signed up yet, which I inevitably will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's in the process of launching it, maybe, but, Maybe I should say, but it's um I'm I'm not actually sure whether it's up live or or not. But um you know there's competition. What are you know what are these people? You know the content ownership of content seems to be one of the few things which really is going to differentiate one service from the other.
0: Content is king. I'm just going back to the tip we wrote uh, in April. E1's Mm. growing takeover appeal. Mm -hmm. Never have we got a headline more correct (laughs) than that. But I'm just looking at the forward PE there. It was 17. So. So in that sense, this is what I'm talking about in terms of uh, slightly unloved, out of favour a little bit with the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, for an intellectual property company, which it is, you would expect that to be
1: higher. I don't have um, the numbers in front of me, but I, I think if if you look at it on an enterprise value basis, so you take an account the you know the debt, some of the, the issues um, in terms of the way it's financed, I, th- I think it, you know that. The the P isn't you know telling mm. you all of the story. Looking just at the equity on its own, it's one of those cases that you just look at the equity. You're perhaps getting a bit of a lopsided view of yeah. valuation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same with same as Green King.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which had lo- yeah loads
0: Lots of debt, of loads of debt. Um, there was an interesting. I mentioned the toys. I mentioned having a cupboard full of old pepper Pig toys, and yes. there was an interesting side effect of this deal uh being yeah. announced which was that shares in character group which is the essentially the, maker the uk manufacturer of yeah. all those toys that i've spent money on uh <laughs> it shares took a bit of a beating so yes so explain why that happened
1: well uh, well i i i guess it's you know they they make their toys under license mainly and um and some toys are just a distributor for but they design and they um and and distribute and market peppa pig toys but they only do that because they're allowed to buy Entertainment One who owns the intellectual property. So it's, um, I mean, you know, it's, with Character Group, they came up in a stock screen just the other week and um, it was, they, they came up as a high-quality share. And I went to some lengths to explain why they're not as high-quality as um, the fundamentals would suggest they are.
0: I, I have the screen um, in front of me. Two, two cheap and decent Yeah, cars. cheap
1: i I decided, I decided Character Group was, um, you know, decent <laughs> rather than high quality, because it doesn't own its own intellectual property, it, it does do some of its own toys. But um, it makes its money basically working for other people. And when you're, you know, essentially reliant on someone else's um intellectual property, then you're vulnerable to them changing the terms of, of um you know the contract or just withdrawing the contract. They do actually, interestingly, though. I mean, you could put together an argument that the Fools of Buying Opportunity because they've already got a relationship with Hasbro. So if Hasbro was successful, they make um, Stretch Armstrong. Um,
0: Again, <laughs> oh, straight over my head.
1: It's more something that we, we know because to- those toys were around, you know, when we were kids. Were um, they? Like, yeah, they, they, that, that toy which you... um. You could, you pulled the arms and they stretched all over the place. When you, were, when, yeah, we're, you were,
2: when you two were kids. Oh, when, that's quite when, some time when ago. When we were
1: kids, <laughs> which it was a long time ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, and no, I remember my, a friend of mine having one. And being like fascinated by. it.
0: All right. <laughs> but
1: anyway, <laughs> but then like, this is by the by. I, gu-
0: I <laughs> guess. The, I guess. The, the worry then is that Hasbro, being a big maker of toys itself, well, will just take over the manufacturing. Well, they Pepe could. Pizza. I
1: mean, you know. It's, so yeah, there's just, there's just that added level of uncertainty. Peppa mm. Pig's a you know massive money maker for character. So what does the market do? You know, marks the shares down. But um, I think. Uh, but then you, you would know, imagine someone like Hasbro, got, Hasbro
0: themselves would use sort of outsourced manufacturing. Well, yeah, and... which they
1: do with Stretch Armstrong. So yeah. there's a relationship there. So maybe Hasbro just says, "We like what you're doing, Character Group. So just carry on doing it in the UK for us." I mean, um, you know, it's it's um, it's something which your shareholders will find out about in time. But in, in a way, what the what what's happened that deal, or you know, the the approach to Entertainment One, kind of exposes this vulnerability in the business model which you know
0: is all it has always been there which you had spotted it i i see it very,
2: well, yeah, I mean, very, very just, clearly just, in the, yeah. the last paragraph yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: i mean i guess i mean before we move on to, to some of our other discussions this to me is a really interesting um point to make about stock screening that the and and actually, numbers in general, yeah is that they can tell you something, but in isolation, yeah I they, mean, they tell you almost nothing, and you have to dig a little bit yeah, further it's, into it's, it's a
1: good quick and kind of you know dirty way into a stock. you can say this stock looks like it may have something special or it's got certain characteristics from you know which I can see in terms of its financial performance, so what explains that it's not you know it's kind of the you know. Its financials aren't an explanation. They're kind of, like, you know, there's there's an underlying narrative, which um tells us about about that, uh, mm. you know, which will you know tell us, you know, why why those financials are as they are. So you basically got to, make a judgment based on that narrative.
0: You've got in to put conjunction the, with the qual around the quant. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, I don't. Well, I, I don't know if we changed our view on character as a result of this fall, but uh, but uh, perhaps worth a. Uh, Another look if a little buying opportunity has emerged there. We yeah, shall I th- see. I, I,
1: th- I think we did cover it last week and I think it stayed on a hold. Um, okay. I think, yeah,
0: when it was covered. We write so much, I can't even remember what I've read sometimes. <laughs> um, should, we, should we talk about another uh, story in the um, news section this week, Alex, which you've written, which I didn't uh, mention at the beginning of, uh, of this podcast? But uh, it's a really good piece. It's in the news spotlight section um, and it's looking at the tariff war, which we hear a lot about. But it's all sort of feels quite sort of, uh, you know, esoteric. And you've actually tried to put some meat around this, what it means for UK companies.
2: Yeah, I mean, charting the course of the tariff war is, is becoming a fool's game. And I'm not going to get bogged down in commentary on Trump's motivations or or, or, or indeed our expectations of where it will go. Um, I think from our point of view, what is most interesting? It's looking at how this might affect listed companies, Um so, of the experts I've spoken to, they really earmark automotives and semiconductors on the whole. London Stock Exchange just Aston Martin, and doesn't appear like Aston Martin particularly worried about this. So we look at semiconductors and electronics. Worry no, Aston Martin <laughs> have got plenty to worry about. I don't think Trump is one of them. Um, we look at electronics. Uh, we look at companies with exposure to semiconductors in June. Uh, Iqe. Uh, Slash their revenue and profit margin guidance, um, and that took as much as forty percent of the share price off. And,
0: the, and right. this is a direct so, result of yeah. Of, they, they, of this, they are. This tar- this you speak
2: port. to chief executives. They, they are now openly saying that this tariff is is disrupting them. Um, what is interesting, therefore to look at, is the companies that produce in China and how well-integrated their supply chains are. So how easily can a company shift its production from China to countries like Vietnam, Malaysia, Thailand? Vietnam um, does appear to be a favourite, fortunately for a company like XP Power. So they're an electronic specialist. They set up shop in Vietnam as well in 2012, and, and they have been steadily moving production over there. They've been bringing the standard of the products they produce in Vietnam up to that of the Chinese, and more and more customers are now saying we don't
0: want to make in China anymore. We're going to produce in Vietnam. Um, the, I mean, this sounds like a long-term trend, anyway. Because, yeah. I mean, it's certainly it's happened in the clothing industry that you know a lot of stuff or you know that was made in very low-cost regions as they as they develop a little bit more, wages are pushed up. Absolutely. The producers are looking for the next low-cost production. And what, what is also I, I found quite quite interesting
2: is uh, so XP Power's chief executive Duncan Penny is telling me that you know once you made these moves, you don't go back. Until you, unless you have to move somewhere else, these are not temporary measures that companies will be taking. These are permanent. There's far too much to undo. Otherwise, uh, Vitec they make camera supports products, and again, they've moved to Vietnam and reduced their dependence on China. Um, I think what's interesting is, so these two companies, you know, you look at their diversity. Vitec actually, I think it's Vitec, produce a lot in Italy as well. So when they are actually quietly confident compared to their competitors who are wholly Chinese exposed. So, I I think, you know, if you are perhaps an investor with a shorter time horizon and lower tolerance to risk, yeah, you might want to shun certain sectors with exposure here. But really, this does oppo- open, I think, a buying opportunity in various companies. You talked about quick and dirty entry points, Algie. I think this may be one. Into com- companies like Renishaw, Precision Engineering, good quality. Uh,
0: businesses, um... well, Renishaw is selling equipment to factories. Yeah, exactly. And and if those mm. factories are being set up elsewhere, presumably they have to sure. buy the equipment off Renishaw. So, so yeah, and so the headlines are, you know, oh my god, we have to,
2: you know, we have to stay out of these sectors. But really, these companies have been marked down. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think if you've got a longer time horizon and more tolerance to risk, go for it.
0: Sounds like we should dig into this mm-hmm. a little bit more, put some uh, put some numbers around I'm I'm intrigued as to how this sort of has you know, how this impacts the margins of these companies. You know, if they're are you having to spend a lot of money up front to, to move production, but but yeah. also then what that actually looks like in terms of the sort of operating yeah. costs of these businesses.
1: Yeah. And I mean also we got that bigger question hanging over us, haven't we, about global slowdown? Exactly which, you know, is partly linked in with trade war etc cetera, etc cetera. and who knows i mean who knows who, crystal ball
0: stuff who knows indeed let's stick with the um the global theme it leads us quite ne- neatly onto the cover feature which is is essentially uh the the business of global travel alex you've written this really through the lens of of the two main aircraft producers boeing uh, and airbus but looking through the supply chain obviously lots of uk companies involved in this mm. and lots of customers buying these these planes as well including thomas cook who i'm sure we uh, mm-hmm. can bring into this discussion but um, I mean talk talk us through what the future looks like for these these companies because we are at a bit of a, a sort of confusing juncture here in this industry. Sure, I mean for a long time this has been a duopoly
2: uh between Boeing uh which again you know, it's you know this is this is the fruit of American private genius against Airbus which is a company that came out of uh, a collaboration from western governments um in the face of American prowess. You know what is happening in the aircraft industry. We're seeing you know, a greater push towards innovation. Electric planes are a huge talking point. Really, that sounds like something that's quite a
0: long time, time Electric away. Electric
2: planes, yeah. And, and the, but the way that they'll be doing this is it's you know it's a key theme for their MA and strategies. So rather than developing this stuff in house, and you know, Airbus are working with Rolls Royce, and they recently bought a unit from Siemens it um, does seem like a while away but these I think they are looking to test flights in 2021, it will probably be on smaller aircraft to begin with rather than larger aircraft and whether that actually solves the environmental question itself this electricity has to come from somewhere and jumbo jet engines consume an enormous amount of power mm-hmm. um, the extent that the current issues impacts innovation is interesting as well, so it's difficult to get away from the 737 MAX disaster uh, these are the two uh, plane crashes that killed 346 people and have grounded 77 Max flights around the world. Uh, Boeing incurring huge charges um, and hits for profit.
0: Yeah, so it's had to pay compensation to mm. to the airlines that have been affected. To by To airlines, sort it. of uh, a lawsuit, you know, legal action, and it's obviously delayed sales of planes it would have otherwise made. So the financial mm. impact has been has been pretty significant.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and the extent of this to which this will distract Boeing and be able and then being able to pursue. Um, its own innovation goals and whether this allows Airbus to move further ahead. Um, the reality is is that, you know, while, so Airbus will look to increase their capacity by around 10% year on year. So, so it's difficult to envisage Airbus nicking significant amounts of business. Well, they, that, I mean, they've always, they've always pretty neck yeah, and neck, aren't they? Yeah, so, I mean, that said, so flyer deal, uh, the low cost Saudi airline, they did cancel um, a Boeing order and have now moved to an all Airbus fleet. So you know, it
0: happens in small small portions. I, I thought there was a really interesting point you make, uh, which I hadn't really thought about, was that, that actually, yeah, historically, um, airlines have always stuck with a particular type mm. of uh, plane, you know, one supplier, uh, for, for basically for the ease of maintenance, so that sure. there's sort of continuity throughout its, its, uh, its kind of logistics. Um, this maybe changes that.
2: Perhaps, yeah. It costs a lot of money uh, to retrain pilots across different aircraft within the Boeing and Airbus family, let alone transition them across. So we spoke to a number of pilots about this. Um, they, The consensus does be, appear to be with the Airbus cockpit, um, and it, it is much cheaper to move these pilots across. But yeah, it's there are more disruptive forces in the past where... Aircro- where Boeing and Airbus have sought to take out the competitors simply by buying them off. We're now seeing the Russian government try to kickstart its aircraft production again. And, and I think more interestingly, China as well uh, with COMAC. Uh, COMAC has already got quite a lot of orders, given how young it is as an entity. And these are two potential disruptors that Boeing and Airbus won't simply be able to enter into collaborations as Boeing has done
0: with the world's third biggest aircraft manufacturer and by air in Brazil. You, you mentioned the feature that uh, Airbus has, has actually moved some production mm-hmm. to China. So obviously it's still actively yeah. targeting that market. Yeah, so we spoke to uh, a former Airbus employee
2: and now a lecturer, um, a professor of aerospace engineering at the University of West of England, Steve Wright. He said that you know, there are it's more... There's a lot of political aspects that go into the decision of suppliers. You put work where you want to get customers. So Airbus will have thought, you know, we can only see in theory here, but we'll will have maybe thought we need to take on the rise of Comac, the amount of state backed airlines buying planes from this state backed manufacturer. Let's put work here. Let's gain favour of the Chinese. Steve Wright told me that he's been involved in pitches with suppliers. Who, where Airbus has simply gone for a supplier who they didn't pick last time for the sake of maintaining a relationship. And, and on the other side, suppliers will turn up to pitches simply to show face, knowing that they won't get any work. So there are a lot of forces that go on here. And that is very, very much goes to the territory of being quite a unique industry, quite, you know, a diopoly, if you like.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you think Boeing and Airbus are, are companies worth investing in? I mean, you know, this is, I, I, I dug up some uh, stats on air travel. And, you know, this, mm. this is an industry that is growing. Incredibly quickly, I think it's something like 4.4 billion passenger flights are taken, were taken in 2018. And that's going to grow another sort of 5 or 6% next year as well, presumably driven by emerging sure, markets. Sure, sure. And that's right. Travel is enormous. At the same
2: time, consumers are growing more concerned over their carbon footprint uh they may look to alternate sources of travel which is so why take, the electric take, plane,
0: take a take a carbon fiber racing yacht take to the a, yeah New
2: York. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite, so this is why they're trying to answer this question of electric planes um but overall i doubt that's going to be significant ultimately these companies move neck and neck they move together while the 737 max poses something of a unique uh challenge to boeing whether it's a question of investing yeah why not i mean it's difficult to think of another technology that is as safe as large commercial air travel. And actually, in terms of carbon footprint per, per consumer, it's not as bad as certain other travel... Uh, you know, driving, for example. Do you know what? I don't... D- I don't you know chicks,
0: some other... Yeah. <laughs> boats. Yeah, I didn't realise yeah. this. I was, uh, cruise liners. So I read that Carnival's cruise fleet emits as much carbon dioxide, or I think it was cancer-causing gases, than mm. the entire... Aggregate volume of cars on the roads of Europe.
1: God, yeah, no, I, I think that that's the thing with them um, shipping fuel. It's filthy. I, I, I think it's less <laughs> to do with the carbon. It's more to do with it's just disgusting yeah. stuff in terms of what the the other um, pollutants which come out. Oh, um, so a I was mean, but air, air, air travel is I, I, in terms of coming. You know, going on your holiday. That's kind of um, the uh, you know the the worst. I think in in terms of. Um, you know, the the viewpoint that most people take on, on travel. Yeah, I, I mean, I did I mean, look at a, Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a there's big, um, you know, where, there's a consumer movement un- underway to try and, um, you know, stop, uh, encourage people not to travel by air when they go on holiday. Yeah. And, and whether, you know, whether that catches on or
2: not. But then there's also you know, the to... emergence of being able to buy kind of, equivalent of sort of the government carbon permit. Basically, you can offset your carbon footprint with certain con- financial contributions after taking a flight. So, or buy, buy yeah. a more expensive ticket. Yeah, buy a more expensive ticket as well. Uh, and,
0: and you mentioned I mean, this he, in the feature. I didn't I didn't know about this, but I, I certainly know that, that, that a lot of airlines and tour operators are increasingly trying to flout their sort of green credentials. Ryanair mm. being one of them. Yeah. Apparently Europe's greenest and cleanest airline. Mm-hmm which also this year has made it onto the EU's uh, top 10 list of po- European polluters. <laughs> 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 it's,
1: it's amazing.
0: How it, it, it is. These yeah. contradictions. It, it is. Um, but, you know, these planes have become much more efficient over the years. I, I looked up some stats and, and you know, go back to the 1960s, when, you know, sort of commercial jet travel was really st- starting to become established mm-hmm. as, as something that everyone could do. Planes today are 50%, Yeah, twice as, they're twice as, yeah. planes today are twice as efficient as they used to be. In in it, it, the economy. trouble
1: is the kind of the growth in air travel. It's is the just growth, so yeah. so massive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I mean plotting the future of an industry and and um, you know the the kind of seriousness with which people regulate um, on environmental issues is I mean that's, uh, that's and not yet none right. of, that's none that's of the
2: airline cool none of the airlines me. seem to be able to make any money.
1: <laughs> no, no. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, you can you can yeah. look at you can look at the economics of an airline. And that's easy. I mean, that's a lot easier. You're not not making any forecasts. You're just looking at the fact that, yeah, capital flows into the industry on the basis that things are going well at the moment, but without the ability to, you know, predict the future. Let's let's come
0: on to the the travel industry. I just want to round up sort of looking at the engineering side of things by talking about some of the UK suppliers that are involved in this. You've done a couple of really fantastic... We we don't do graphics like this very often, but these are... Oh, they're great. These are really lovely. Um, Looking at where UK suppliers are involved in manufacturing these these uh, these planes for both Boeing and Airbus. And, you know, UK engineers are deeply embedded in these. Absolutely. Planes. And so this is why there are concerns when things like the 737
2: MAX has asked to happen to what extent this is a problem uh, for suppliers. And already senior and mega have come out and said that you know, they have, there's been less demand for spare parts obviously uh which has hurt them but yeah um the aerospace and defense market heavily exposed to these two bae systems not so much they they tend to focus on defense but but they still have presence in the cockpit kind of com- computer controls um yeah ultra electronics landing gear senior do aircraft components and engine components rolls royce obviously. Um, and they've had a few problems of their own, their own on the engineering problems. front. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting on, on that is that so certain planes are built with the ability for an airline to select the engine. Others aren't. So obviously those uh, who are stuck with Rolls-Royce are, are then, not only might they be exposed to Boeing's issues, they can also be exposed to the, the woes of their engine supplier. Um, but yeah, Megit, safety control systems and power conversion, brakes, um,
0: and then GKN, which is owned by Melrose, <laughs> wing components, um it mean, it sounds like so, steady work for these yeah. for these guys but but I mean again they sort of they there seems to be ups and downs it's but like, what but
2: what, what, what is worth noting is that there there is a row back on outsourcing and particularly so Boeing had quite a radical supply chain uh, model in the 2000s where they sort of cultivate these unique partnerships with about 50 tran- uh, strategic partners um in a bit because it didn't go well for them, and they are now on a march to insource. So th- that that will be interesting again to see towards. I know, for example, Boeing, and again, MA helps so that they bought a seat manufacturer or So they entered a venture with a seat manufacturer called Adient. Um Luckily, no seat yeah, manufacturers listed right. on the London market. Exactly, <laughs> but they you know they may decide, and with more and more consumers becoming conscious of the planes themselves and what goes into them, the onus may be on producing these things in house where they have greater control. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you no, know, so just I've always been struck how uh, engineers well, you like these that are involved in these big programs, it, it, it's not a steady mm. upward stream of business for them. I mean,
1: also, I mean, Rolls Royce is a classic example of kind of, you know, the amount of um, forward planning and development and the way cash flow does not match profit in any way mm. and, and the way the estimates they have to put in place to justify the product, can, uh, the projects they embark on can so easily prove wrong See, basically, and and then they don't get the money in
0: cost overruns yeah. on yeah. big engineering yeah
1: I mean it's like it's like uh, these There's such complex projects it's um in such complex planning that there yeah there seems to be you know disappointments all, all, you know all, all the way through quite often
0: yeah yeah um
1: and and you know it's it's a trouble with any kind of forecasting when when you're kind of um taking on work the temptation is to always be optimistic Really, whereas whereas the reality is normally you know that you should be pessimistic.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I I look at you know I was thinking oh, you know is there some cyclicality in here? But then you look at you know the growth of air travel, and you're thinking doesn't look very cyclical to me. I mean, it's it's you know it's secular growth all the way up. But I guess then within that there are sort of mini design cycles yeah. and stuff like that that yeah. are happening that, that 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 make life difficult for these
1: and 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 people. and also once the planes are kind of you know. Built and they 're in the sky i mean that's that 's where you know the the kind of the really cyclical bit happens with the um airline people who own the airlines because then they 've got the planes, but they 're not full, so they have to drop seat prices so they 're not covering costs you know they and and then fuel prices are going you know wherever they're going yeah. so uh, you know and then and then then so then you have an industry. Like the airline I and mean, back tour operators.
2: <laughs> back was a big much. feature of the industry as well. And so when IAG bought these 737 MAX planes, some people were up in arms, but uh, whereas their, their order might have cost them $24 billion normally, some analysts expect it may have cost as little as $11 billion, and these planes haven't been built yet. So uh, it's, it's smart business. Michael O'Leary of Ryanair, when when they talked about conversation with him, uh, when, when people have discussed conversation with him, um, he said, I don't need cash. We've got plenty of cash. Uh, I want cheaper planes next time.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, let's talk about the airlines and the two operators uh, through the lens of Thomas Cook. <laughs> Um You know, as you as you've just said there, Algie, you know, this is a business that uh, people found it very hard to make money from. Yeah, yes, everyone's yeah, traveling. Yeah. Everyone's going on holiday every year. More There's- and more and more. Further afield, in, term, we in just terms, we still. In terms
1: of, um, yeah, investors. Are, I mean, it just, it just kind of highlights what ghastly businesses um, tour operators are. And I mean, there, there may be times when people want to own them. In terms of thinking, you know, we're a point in the cycle where you know we things, you know, they're so cheap, things are going to come good. But I mean, over the long term, and probably for most people, you know. Always, just uh, you know, the best thing to do is to stay away because it's so unpredictable. You know what's going what's to happen in the end markets. So you know, um, if you, you know, Tui and um, Thomas Cook have both been hit by Boeing's problems. They're hit. You know, they're effect- and apparently they've been affected by the weather and things. You know, things, things like it's just, it's just like you know, the, the number of things. Volcanic and plan- eruptions. Plan- yeah, volcanic eruptions. I mean, <laughs> was, and they're planning. A- they're planning ahead. They're having to sit down, and go, okay, how many people do we think are going to go? on holiday with us next year uh, Yeah, mean, <laughs> and then they're having to book in all the, you know, all the seats on, you know, flights and, you know, rooms and hotels, et cetera. So it's just like, what a horrible business to be in.
0: And then I guess you've got some kind of technological disruption going on as well. So, oh, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Airbnb's coming along. Absolutely.
1: And- yeah. End- endless things. Yeah. It's not, it's not like anyone's really got any, you know, substantive. Um, you know, barriers to entry. I mean, you know, spe- you know, especially now. What you know, what barriers to entries there were. Well, we had and we had eroded a, so substantially. We
0: had a profit warning a few weeks ago from on the beach, which is uh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, which, yeah, which had a model that was doing the disrupting and yeah, sort of disrupted itself. I <laughs> mean,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's just vlogging holidays on you know, online. It's not. It's, I mean, it's hardly doing anything. Um, you know, that special. does. You do have to have good technology to underpin it but i mean also you look at um that company's balance sheet and there's so much cash sloshing through that business and you know it's kind of it's actually you get you kind of think you know it's not in in terms of the profits it's making it's you know it is having to manage a lot of um working capital and um and then also they've moved into kind of a high street business so providing the kind of back end for high street um tour operators and there are certain liabilities which, um, uh, they, you know, that those people have to um, take on now in terms of the holiday fails mm. and
0: things you, like that. You mentioned that a lot of this is basically capital flowing into this industry during good times. That uh... well, yeah,
1: I, I think that's uh, that's always that's always the problem with the with them um, airlines, which is what it, um, you know why why they uh, there, there's the famous Buffett. Quote about the Wright brothers, oh, yes. like how they would have shot down the you know the first airplane. if Investors should have if they'd known what was coming. But yeah, so yeah, when 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 times are good, you can you know you had, you kind of as as Alex was saying, you know they're backlogged, so you order your planes, then you wait for them, they arrive, and um, you know potentially the markets you know slowed down, it, you know in in the interim, and then you you know you've got a plane that you can't fill.
0: You to flog it to a and leasing the- company. <laughs> And least the back of them. Well, yeah. when the times are good, <laughs> but,
1: but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, as soon as you're flogging it, then it's come kind of like, You know how much is it worth? It's you know based on what yield you can get per seat.
0: Yeah, is no, it, I just so,
1: so, yeah, no. I mean, it's just you know, it's just like it's it's that horrible. It, it's just got one of those mismatches in terms of the investments you're having to make, um, and 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 then and the market you're serving. There's a kind come of like you know, there's you're you're investing, you know with a very long time horizon and you're investing a lot of money. and um, But then you're, the demand has a very short time horizon.
0: Yeah, and, and this is really what's done for, for Thomas Cook. Well, I say done for him, yeah. mean, but it's still it's still sort of hobbling along.
1: Yeah, um, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's managed yet again to be, you know, I, I didn't know, it was once owned by the UK state, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. Thomas Cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like I had owned, like, many different owners and it's kind of only this stint on the stock market. I mean, it, it will still be listed apparently for you know whatever reason but um uh it's gonna um it, it's it's only 12 years in i think it had one other really substantial refinancing i've forgotten how many years ago i mean it's you know it's, it's been around last, a long
0: long long it's, time yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, a, it's a nearly 180 years old the company itself but it's like i don't think it's really made anyone any real money along the way or maybe it has made a very few very canny wheeler dealers some money but um in terms of mainstream investors, it's pretty horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, basically what's happened here, they've had to take a huge um, cash injection from their biggest chef, yeah. which is uh, yeah. a Chinese tourism group called Fosun, probably pronounced Fosun. completely wrong. Um and essentially, it, w- it w- wipes out equity shareholders. It you know, yeah, you can potentially the dilution is absolutely huge.
1: The other debt holders have kind of injected another four hundred and fifty million, swapped one hundred and six billion of debt, I think. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, it, it's you know, it's is it, is it, yeah, catastrophe for shareholders.
0: Penny share, avoid now. <laughs> avoid. Uh, is that about the holidays, though? You've been, you went at a Thomas School holiday, didn't you, Alge? I remember. I did
1: that. once. When I when a long time ago when I was covering um, and, the Travel and once, Measure Saint.
0: Se- and sector. once only. And
1: once only. I, I kind of <laughs> thought, well, you know, this is interesting. Because I would i just had we'd just had our first kid. And it's like, yeah, all oh, this is like really, you know, it's meant to be very easy, these pack, you know, pack-I I, I hadn't had experience with you, you package holidays. And yeah, I thought, well, it? why not? A bit of scuttlebutt, Let's see. It was awful. Awful
2: experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well the main the main thing was. It was, I mean, yeah, you know, it's pretty ghastly, the transfers and stuff. But the hotel we'd been put in was um, between two karaoke bars. And it was, yeah, it was really nasty. So I ended up paying a lot more money to go and stay somewhere <laughs> which, where we could actually uh, sleep. Um,
0: and then you've had the shares on the sale ever since.
1: The tour operators just did not great businesses, really.
0: Mm. I remember back in the day when I was an analyst, we covered lastminute.com dot com was still.
1: Oh yeah, uh, well I, that's the that precursor of on, on the beach, really. A, yeah. What's the other one? E-bookers. E-bookers. Yeah. E-bookers, I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> they all went in the same direction. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid travel operators, airlines. Mm, be well, yeah, be I, careful.
1: Yeah, they're very cyclical.
0: Um, aircraft manufacturers. That's where you want to be. Mm. At the, yeah, what, top of the top, of the top stuff. of the train, part of yeah, the train. engine makers. Yeah, um, there you go. Okay. Or,
1: so or what about selling? Um, do not we going to talk about selling magazines oh, and uh, sandwiches in the in course. the airports? W. H. Smith's
0: the easiest way to make money from the <laughs> travel captive industry.
1: captive market. Can yeah. Sell at a very nice margin.
2: Of course.
0: W- the, the Investors' w- Chronicle w- is one magazine you buy in the airport when you're bored, isn't it? We <laughs> <laughs> do really well at airports. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm not surprising. We've been going on holiday buying the Investors' Chronicle. Mm. Okay. Yeah, there you wow. go. It's perfect beach material. Good. Yeah, it's good um, entertainment to start, Mark. Yeah, so they, they put, W.H. Smith, we're obviously talking about, who had some numbers this week. Another long standing favourite of the IC, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's sort of is, it's one of those things that you know if you looked at a WH Smiths, you know, your local high street, you would sort of run a mile. You'll discuss about you think this is a horrible thing. business. Yeah. You should go nowhere near it. But the travel business, which they've been investing say, heavily yeah. in, is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say yeah. Buy, 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 um, buy a bottle of water and a sandwich in a travel WH Smiths, and you'll want to buy its shares. Well, You won't have enough money left to <laughs> share, probably, maybe, but um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's um, I mean, they, yeah, it's, it's the type of it's, the, I, I guess they're selling. I mean, the, what, what's interesting actually is they've moved into electronics with the US acquisition.
0: This which is the in, part, in, in motion deal,
1: yes. I mean, it'll in part allow them to roll out their existing magazine sandwich type business in you know, in, in North America, which will be great, but um selling a, an expensive bit of electronics is different from selling, you know, a small you know, a smaller item which people won't think too much about buying even if it is quite expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, just the convenience of being able to buy it in an airport and not being able to go, you know, anywhere else is, you know, is good enough to pay a quite a high price. But um I mean, they, personally, they, they, personally, They've got... had they've had positive comments about in motion in um in the update, very little detail. But um the comments were positive.
0: I have never understood airport shopping. Never understood it.
1: No, I know, but they, the shops. Are, I mean, you see a lot of people walking around. I don't know. I mean, it would just be interesting to see, you know, how how the electronics market compares. Because I mean, whereas in WH Smiths in an airport, people are in there buying stuff. In um, I can in the kind of, in, in the kind of um, yeah. electronic shops. People aren't doing so much buying, definitely but there are lots of um, expensive items in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, go through Stansted. I mean, the whole, the whole, the place is basically a shopping mall. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and I've seen the development of the airport over the years. That's what it is. So I presume people are buying. It's just not me. <laughs> 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 I bought an over- overpriced Toblerone from time to time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, that's the WH Smith market at the moment, or the classic, the traditional one. But also, they're in hospitals as well. It's a bit controversial, they, that, though. And that is, I, I think that's something which is worth watching because, I mean, you know, that, the, the whole uproar about co- hospital car parks, well, the shop in a hospital isn't a million you know, miles away in terms of the prices being charged. Mm. So they're getting really quite big in hospitals now. So I think... Um, you know, that shareholders in WH Smith should, you know, maybe, maybe keep their eye, eye on that. And then, you know, if, if they start to get pilloried there, then maybe, um, you know, there are wider implications. But, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I'm not aware of any um, reason at the moment to fret about that. It's just something to definitely be aware of.
0: Yeah, definitely. But no, no, no danger signs right now. So uh, definitely uh, stays on the buy list.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's doing very I know very it's one, well.
0: of, one of Phil's faves as well for uh, mm-hmm. for the travel business. I, I always wondered if they were going to split split it up, actually, at some point. But uh, well, I don't who, think I will now.
1: I mean, also, who'd want the high street No They one would want it. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think, that you know, managed to climb is probably the only option, really.
0: Having said that, I, I hadn't... 202 post offices open in high streets, which is... Uh, yeah, no. kind of gives them a yeah. purpose.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, no. It gets people in. Um, McColls has used the same strategy. Mm. Um Not... <laughs>
0: The that smoking, that, smoking yeah, that business too. hasn't
1: done great. But um yeah, no, they I mean they're doing and they they've got as a bright spot, they do these stationery stores. So I mean, you know, they're you know, they're they're canny operators. So I mean, you know, they what, you know, life they can breathe breathe into the um, you know, high street estate, they they are.
0: It's a good it's a good management story, WH Smiths, really.
1: Yeah. No, no, it's and yeah, good you know, good strategy, definitely.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, uh, I think that just about wraps up our, our travel special. <laughs> thank you, Alex. And, and thank you, Algie. Some really, really interesting food for thought there. Just let me talk you through what we have in the magazine alongside that. Look at the sector focus. Uh, this is about retail to resi conversion, which is something that uh, Emma Power has looked at and a potential uh, lifeline for uh, retail landlords who uh, are trying to cope with this struggling high street we just mentioned. A super long stock screen, Algie. Three pages.
1: Oh my goodness! I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know. i had been stretched out over there.
0: You, you, have, you have a funny idea of how much fits on a page. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, there are a lot of tables with this one. Lots of ideas. It's a big table. What's it about? It's about using um, something called the Piotrowski F score, which is that looks at a whole load of fundamentals in tandem to kind of see if a company is a a, a kind of improving operationally without using outside financing. And it's using that against a whole load of different um, kind of valuation metrics, looking for cheap shares basically. It's value based. It's value based, but unlike because it's got this piotrowski um, esque quality measure. Actually, interestingly, it did it did all right. I mean, it's it's done it's done all right last year, which has been a very tough time for value in general. Mm. So, um,
0: lots of ideas on that. big
1: But there are lots of food for thought type stock screen rather than going into the specifics of any one company or. Well, you know, a few companies that I normally try and do. All
0: right. We have a second feature looking at some of the goings-on in Hong Kong and how how uh, investors need to perhaps think a little bit differently about political risk. Um, lots of the personal finance and funds section, uh, which they'll talk about tomorrow, including a really interesting look at very large funds in the wake of uh, the Woodford scandal. There are a few of them out there and uh, obviously just perhaps uh, needs to be mindful of, uh, of what's happened elsewhere. Plenty of news, plenty of results, although it's getting a bit quieter as the mm. summer winds winds to a close. Thanks all for listening. Pick up the magazine in all good news agents, WH Smiths among them. Up in the air, how to invest in the tangled future of air travel. And we will be back again next week. Thank you.